The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 54 The Killer versus the Kid. 1864, October 31st, Carson City, Nevada. Orpheus stood in the center of the ring. The ring set in the center of the tent. It was surrounded by rows and rows of benches and chairs, all facing him. He was alone, just him, the ring, and the empty circus tent. He could feel the potential energy. It would soon be full. Soon, he would have to fight. He stretched his arms and legs, going through his warm-up routine. This was his last fight. He had decided the first thing he was going to buy with his money was a guitar. Achilles watched Orpheus from outside the tent through the flap, near his wagon where he lived. He had never intentionally killed a man before. He'd accidentally killed many men. So many fights had ended so quickly. So many men never got up again. But it had never been his intention. He had never tried to kill them. He never really cared that much. Until now. He can't take this from me. Achilles mumbled to himself. I am a god here. I will not let this insect pretend I am not. In his mind... He saw Orpheus dead before him, his head twisted at an awkward angle. Then the image shifted. The memory of his father turned his fantasy dark. He now saw his father once again dead at his feet. He shook his head, clearing his vision. He did not want to see the old man. Tonight, the Colorado kid would die. Henry entered the tent walked the distance up to the ring, and climbed in. Orpheus, seeing him, stopped, turned to him, put his hands to his sides, and bowed deeply. Henry bowed back. What was that about? asked Henry. It's just something I don't need to hide anymore. Are you ready? Yes. Then let's head back. They want to open the tent. Henry held the ropes for him as Orpheus grabbed his bag and slipped through. They walked together to the back of the tent, and a section set aside as his dressing room. Orpheus reached into his bag and grabbed a Necco wafer from a half-eaten roll. His hand brushed against his book, his harmonica, and Eurycides' gun. Ten dollars is outrageous. I just want to talk to the Colorado kid for a moment. I don't need to stay for the fight. I'll leave as soon as I see him. Eurycity explained to the soldier guarding the main tent flap. He was one of several checking tickets at the door. No one gets in without a ticket. Buy a ticket, I'll let you in. I'm not staying. I don't want to see the match. I just want to talk to the kid. I don't care why you want in this tent, but if you want in the tent tonight, you're going to have to buy a ticket and check your weapons. The soldier looked down at the Confederate pistol on his hip then raised an eyebrow at Eurycity. Is that a Confederate pistol? The soldier asked. I don't know. I bought it last week from a shop. It's for sale. Ten dollars. Or 
You can let me into the tent, and I'll give it to you. I'm not in the market for another pistol, and it's not worth the trouble I'd get into for taking a bribe. If I let you in, I'm sorry, but you can't come in without a ticket. Sell it to someone else and buy one. I just want to talk to the kid. Wait until after the match, and then no one will care whether you've got a ticket or not. Fine. I'll wait. Eurystice walked away. He hadn't brought enough money to buy a ticket. He had the money back at his cabin, but if he went back to his cabin and then returned, the match would be over, and he may miss the kid. He didn't want to have to hunt him down wherever he was going next. He could wait till the match was over. It would probably be easier anyways. They were probably too busy right now. He did, however, have enough money for a sausage, and they smelled amazing. He decided he'd buy a pretzel as well, and take it back to Hector. Timothy purchased a ticket with the rest of the men. He bought new clothes. His orders had been to come in civilian clothing, to buy a ticket and pretend to be just one of the men coming to see the fight. But he didn't own anything other than his uniform. He hadn't realized it had been that long, and somewhere along the way, everything of the person he had once been before the army eroded away. There were no trinkets, no mementos, no photographs, not even a sock belonging to the person he remembered being in his youth. Just his name, Timmy. It was all he had left, but now that Penelope was gone, no one used it anymore. Whoever he was before the army, they were dead. And now there was just him. He stood in line to enter the tent. The men before him were checked for weapons as they entered, but when he got to the front of the line, Eli smiled at him and waved him through, taking not even a moment to look for the hidden pistol. Orpheus walked up to the flap of his dressing room and peeked out at the audience, walked back into the room and sat down, pulled a Necco wafer from his bag and ate it, stood, went back to the flap, and looked at the audience. Sit the fuck down, you're pissing me off, warned Colin. I want to see if she's here. Orpheus scanned the crowd for Eurycity. Who are you looking for, your redhead? Henry mocked. I don't know what color her hair is. Well, fuck, kid. Maybe she'll introduce herself after the fight. Hi, remember me? I robbed the bank this morning. Wanna go fuck somewhere? Colin teased, and Henry laughed. Orpheus sat back down and wouldn't look at them, as he reached into his bag and ate another Necco wafer. At least he's relaxed, thought Colin. Sometimes it's better not to think about the fight. There's nothing you can do at the last minute but stay calm and conserve your energy. Colin couldn't help but stand up, walk to the flap, and peek out at the audience, looking for a girl he never met. Eurystice saw the band preparing to enter the tent. He stood in line behind them as they began their music, and march, he marched along with them. Then, he slipped between their ranks as they entered, obscuring him from the guards. Once inside, he looked around to find the dressing room. He saw the aisle that led to the ring, kept clear for the fighters. He saw Colin peeking out from the flap, and slowly began to make his way over. 
The band changed tempo, and Orpheus stood from his chair. Okay, kid. You can do it. I have complete faith in you. Henry will be waiting outside in the cart. I will be at ringside with you. Thank you, Cullen. I'm ready. Give him hell, Cullen said, and patted him on the back as he walked through the tent flap. Jim! Euricity pushed his way through the crowd as Orpheus walked out of the dressing room. Can I talk to you for a moment? He reached for him as the band stopped for Finnegan to begin speaking. I'm sorry. I have to go. It's time for the fight. Do I know you? We've met briefly. I'm sorry. I don't have time. Maybe afterwards we could talk? Orpheus turned from him. Listening for his cue from Finnegan, Euricity grabbed his shoulder to turn him around. Orpheus spun faster than Euricity expected. Orpheus grabbed the hand from his shoulder and pulled Euricity forward. Orpheus ducked under him, then pushing him into the air, guiding him up, down, around, and back to the ground, onto his back. Euricity could not understand what just happened. He laid on his back, staring at Orpheus. Sorry, Orpheus said, but I really do have to go. I promise we can talk after. Sorry again. Orpheus heard his cue and ran for the ring. Colin laughed at Euricity as he stepped over him and ran after Orpheus. Henry stopped and offered Euricity his hand. You really do have to forgive him. He's a very nice person, but when he gets all worked up, surprising him is sometimes a lot like surprising a donkey. You're going to get kicked. Here, come on. You're not that bad. He was careful. If he wanted to hurt you, you'd be much worse off. Henry brushed the dust off of Euricity's back. What was that? Euricity asked. Kung Fu. So that's how he does it. Yep, pretty much. Henry explained. Achilles was waiting in the ring. His eyes were so bloodshot, they were all red with no whites. His workout had ripped open his knuckles, and the blood was already beginning to seep through his bandages. His muscles looked twice as big as they had on Saturday. They twisted and writhed beneath his scarred skin as he breathed in and out, his chest visibly rising and falling, his teeth clenched. Orpheus ran into the ring at full speed. He jumped from the floor onto the apron, used his momentum to run up the ring post to the top, and then jumped. He hung there in the air. To the audience, it looked like he was flying. They held their breath as he spun, flipped, and then landed with a deep bow. He raised his hand to the crowd and bowed again to them. The chant went from, Fight! 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 to Jim, Jim, Jim. The crowd was so loud that half of them didn't hear the gunshot. The bullet hole appeared right above Achilles' heart on his chest. He looked down at it for a moment, reaching into the wound, ripping open his own skin, and pulled the bullet from it. He threw it down into the ring and then looked at the audience. People were moving away from Timothy as fast as they could. He stood, gun in hand, pointed, still up at the ring. Colin jumped up through the ropes and pulled Orpheus down, covering him with his body. Timothy fired again. Achilles began to run. He stepped over Orpheus and Colin. Then, with one hand on the rope, he was over them, out of the ring and on the floor.
Eurycity was pushed out of the tent with the rest of the crowd trying to get clear of the gunfire. Henry ran for the cart. Timothy stood his ground and fired again, but his hand was shaking and he hit nothing. Achilles reached him, fist at the ready. He hit Timothy so hard he flew up onto the benches at the back of the tent and landed among them. Colin rolled out of the ring, still holding Orpheus. They hit the ground together, and Orpheus cried out as Colin crushed him a little on impact. You okay, kid? Colin asked. Yeah, I'm okay. Just surprised. Orpheus answered. Are you ready? We're going to get up and run. Ready. Go! Colin and Orpheus jumped to their feet and ran for the back of the tent. Colin came up behind the cart. He picked up Orpheus and then threw him into the back then jumped onto the buckboards and pushed Henry aside, taking the reins, he whipped the horses into a gallop. They rode away. The soldiers let Colin and Orpheus pass as the tent began to fill with men. They came from every corner, surrounding the tent and blocking every exit. Achilles moved the benches aside to find Timothy. He was dead. His head was partially crushed, his neck had been ripped open, and his bones were exposed through his skin. Achilles looked up and finally noticed he was surrounded. Every soldier had his weapon drawn and pointed at him. What is this? Achilles demanded. This man tried to shoot me. I have every right to defend myself. I had every right to kill him. He bellowed at the soldiers. You're not going to put me in jail or hang me for killing a man with my fists who just shot me with his pistol. This is his fault. He started this. Achilles roared at them. Agamemnon entered the tent. His uniform held more medals and ribbons than any of the other men, but to Achilles it was the way he held no weapon and walked with ease among the soldiers, still standing, stiff, guns drawn, and pointed at him that told him this was the man who was in charge. I am not here to arrest you, Aaron Miller. If you would calm down a moment. I would like to explain. I'm here to offer you a job. Agamemnon smiled at him. Colin drove out of the city as fast as he could. When they were past its limits and in the dark, he finally slowed the horses. What about the match? asked Orpheus. You did it. That was it. Colin replied. But we didn't fight. Nobody. Who won? Orpheus was confused. Nobody won. Nobody lost. It just didn't happen. Colin explained. But what about the money? We're keeping it, said Henry. Shouldn't we return it? That would be the fair thing to do, and the truth is, I don't like being a thief. I may be a con man, but I don't steal. The trouble is, if we tried to return it to people, they would claim that because the match didn't happen, you didn't win the match, meaning their bet was correct. You didn't beat the killer. They would want not just their money back, but everything they would have won and there was never enough money to cover that. People are assholes, and they can't be trusted. Sorry, kid. None of us can ever go back to Carson City. They're not going to forget this. Colin said apologetically. Never? But I have the girl's gun. I need to return it. The gun is yours, too. Keep it. Colin answered. I'm sorry, Lee. We will help you find another girl. There's lots of girls out there just like that one. Henry said in consolation. But he was wrong. They normally didn't ride at night. 
and there was only the tiniest sliver of a moon, so Colin was going slower than he normally would have been. As the night grew late and dark, the lights of the city were no longer in sight behind them. They came to a crossroads, and Colin stopped the cart. Hey, kid, you need to take a piss or something? Colin asked. No, I'm okay, Orpheus replied. Colin hated stopping for any reason as they traveled from city to city, especially for necessities that weren't his own. No, kid, I'm sure you do. Go ahead, we'll wait here for you. The statement seemed so dark and final. It was a tone of voice Colin very rarely used, especially when he wasn't cursing. Okay, yeah, I'll be right over there. Just call out when you're ready to move on, he said as he climbed out of the cart. Orpheus walked down the road a bit. He could probably still hear them as they talked, but he felt no need to spy on them. If Colin wanted a little privacy, it wasn't too much to ask and easy to give. Henry, Colin said quietly, once he could see that Orpheus was in the distance. What is it? asked Henry. Henry Parker. I love you. Colin? Henry questioned. Henry, just shut up for a moment and let me say this. Colin began again. I love you. I should have told you before. I should have made sure you knew every day. Henry Parker, you are my husband, and this is not your fault. Colin took a deep breath. The night we kissed and I lost my job. It was me that kissed you. You always tell the story wrong. It was me that kissed you. It was me that grew tired of hiding. And it was me who wanted to step into the world as you saw it. A world I wouldn't have to hide in. I tried, and I lost my job. Then, I let you take the blame. But it wasn't your fault. It was mine. Worse is, I went back to hiding everything, when there was nothing left to lose. Henry, I love you. I want to go to Colorado with you. Don't leave me here. Colin paused for a moment and took a deep, big breath and let it out slowly. Colin, we're going now. We have the money. Of course you're coming with me. Henry, confused tried to fill the silence. Help the kid find a girl that can throw a punch. He's gonna need one. Colin closed his eyes and took a deep breath. Colin, what's wrong? Colin? Henry shook Colin, trying to get him to answer back. His weight shifted as he started to tip off the cart. Henry tried to stop him from falling, but his hand slipped. The buckboard was wet. The floorboards had a footprint, a clean spot, where Colin's boot had been. The rest was covered in blood. Colin! Henry screamed as Colin fell. He jumped down after him. Orpheus heard the scream and ran back to find Colin in the road, and Henry shaking him, trying to wake him. Lee, help! He's been shot! He hit it! He will wake up! Lee, do something! Henry looked up at Orpheus as he knelt down beside him. He felt Colin. He had no breath. He had no heartbeat. 
he was gone. <laughs> Henry pleaded. Orpheus stayed silent. He had no answer to the question that was not asked. Henry got up and began to walk off the road into the dark. Orpheus got up to follow. No, please don't follow me. Just stay with Colin. Henry kept walking into the dark. Orpheus just stood watching him disappear. He didn't want to let him go, but he felt he shouldn't leave Colin, even if Colin had left them. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee, artwork by Helen Lee, performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at Helen of the Iron Horse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you. Thank you.